Welcome to Slice of Life. Because a bite was not enough, you've listened to Brenda's Bites for years. And now Brenda is expanding her show to include lifestyle happenings from around the region. Now here's your host, Brenda Alacy. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Slice of Life. So happy to be with you here on our new time and day, by the way, in case you're noticing. We used to be on Sundays, and now we are on Saturday mornings, every Saturday from 9 to 9.30. And I'm delighted to have you join us this Saturday morning. I hope you're keeping warm after the cold spell that we had. Uh, a lot of crazy weather, the roller coaster ride of snow and rain this past week. So uh, good time to hunker down, listen to the radio. We're going to talk about um, some food for thought in our second segment. Um, it's going to be a preview of Sweet Charity with the folks from the Food Bank of Western New York. And also they're helping people who are affected by the government shutdown. Uh, they're distributing food to some employees who are out of work because of the shutdown. We'll get into that a little later. But first, I am pleased to welcome for the first time on Slice of Life, Carly Brown. And Carly um, is an attorney and mediator here in Western New York with offices at 300 International Drive in Williamsville. And we're going to talk about the differences between a regular divorce, if you will, and mediation and why people can benefit from opting for mediation versus divorce. Carly, welcome and good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on today. It, it's a pleasure to have you on. And, you know, if people are contemplating a divorce, it's obviously a difficult time. And, you know, I was reading recently about after the holidays, it seems like a lot of folks decide, all right, it's January. I've got to make a clean start. I can't go through another holiday season with that spouse of mine and divorce comes into the conversation. Do you find that you get busy at this time of year? I mean, unfortunately, yes. I think people have kind of gotten through the stresses of the holidays. They're kind of reevaluating, taking stock. We talk about New Year's resolutions and you look around at their life and kind of realize that maybe what isn't working anymore is the relationship they're currently in. Right. Makes perfect sense. So what you do, you're an attorney, but you're also a mediator, correct? Correct. What's the difference between, say, mediation versus litigation? So in litigation, most people know that's the traditional route of divorce. Each person in the couple hires a separate attorney who then kind of speaks for them. They have court conferences where the attorneys meet to discuss everything that needs to be decided upon through, for a divorce. With mediation, the couple sits down together with a neutral mediator in this scenario, me, who really just helps guide them through all the decisions that otherwise their separate attorneys would be talking about. You know, when I think about a scenario like that, Carly, I picture, you know, the, the married couple in different corners. It sounds like it's probably very acrimonious <laughs> at times. How do you kind of um, get them to a point where they can talk civilly to each other and without coming to blows or getting so, you know, hysterical and out of control? You must see all sorts of scenarios like that. I do, and part of how I view my personal job and my work is to help diffuse those emotions. Mm -hmm. I have a background in psychology and social work, and I really bring some of those tools and skills into my office with mediation. Uh, me and the couple sit at an actual round table so that there is no sense of power imbalance. We all sit there together so we all can see each other's eyes and faces. And I really try and set ground rules for our communication if we need to about words that we should try and avoid and how best to speak and maybe topics to avoid that are not productive in moving forward in their decisions. Are they usually open to that idea? Are they amenable to that kind of approach if you sort of lay the groundwork? Yeah, I've never had somebody kind of go back against me with that. <laughs> 
it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, do you find that more people are becoming aware of this approach versus the traditional kind of divorce? Yeah, I think it's gotten some more buzz recently with the fact that it is a viable option for most people. It really is. The people who mediation really doesn't work for or is not appropriate for are anybody who has domestic violence issues or there is a power imbalance or you just feel like you couldn't stand up for what you want in this case. Or the only other one is if your ultimate goal is to take the spouse for everything, mediation is really not appropriate. Right. That makes sense. What about when children enter the picture, Carly? That's got to, I think, make things much more complicated when there are issues of custody and perhaps favoritism of one parent versus another in that whole proceeding. How often do you see that playing out? In terms of children being present and kind of the favoritism piece, the way, again, I approach my personal practice and work is we begin with talking about the children. It's our first session. I think they're the most important piece, and they're often the piece that people are able to come to agreement on when they really realize that at the end of this, this is what's important. How do we make this okay for our children moving forward? How do we make going from living all together as a family unit in one household to having two homes where the children can go and feel comfortable? It makes sense, too, to think that that should be the priority because it is obviously a huge disruption in everybody's life to have that happen. Do you ever have the children in the room with you, or is it just simply the spouses, generally speaking? No, I've never had children present with us. Um, Again, with a litigation divorce, often the children are appointed their own attorney called a law guardian so that somebody is speaking for the children. But again, in my office where people are trying to come to compromises and we're not fighting tooth and nail over these things, Mm -hmm. the children are really not brought into it. If they had to be, then I would suggest them having a representative for them. Makes sense. And it's so much less traumatic, too, obviously. Yes. Uh, because you, even in TV shows or movies, you see the, the stress and the tension um, that comes from those types of scenarios. Uh, so I would think that, you know, you talk about the divorce process becoming easier, and it's also less expensive to mediate versus a typical divorce, correct? Yes, very much so. How so? So with a typical litigated divorce, each person then has to hire an attorney up front. There's a retainer fee. Again, however much that is is dependent on the attorney. It's usually around $3,000 to $5,000. And again, that's each. And now every time you speak to an attorney, every court conference, every meeting, every discussion the attorneys have with one another is billable hours that each person is paying for, whereas we're cutting all of that out. We are all three of us sitting together having those discussions without court dates, without court intervention and involvement. So we don't have all that time being spent with the back and forth. We're making decisions on the spot right then, all three of us sitting down together. And you feel like you can make some significant progress that way, obviously. Oh, yes. I would think that that would be the building block to that resolution. I, You know, it seems like such a great idea uh, on its face. I mean, why doesn't this happen more often? I think, honestly, <laughs> one of the biggest things is, one, people don't know it exists still. It right. still is, in the grand scheme of things, relatively new. Mm-hmm. And people don't really understand what it is. Even if they've heard about it, they still think divorce, oh, we need separate attorneys. And again, that's not always the case. And even if they do begin with mediation, at any point in the process, if they chose to have a separate attorney, whether it's just to speak to somebody who they've retained 
personally for them or to review anything at the end of it, that's completely acceptable and allowed in this process oh, as well. That's good to know. So yeah. I, I definitely think you're right. It's an awareness challenge at this point. And that's why having somebody like you on our air is so valuable to us to spread the word about this. Carly Brown is our guest. She is at 300 International Drive in Williamsville. So if you're in the North Town, it's very easy to find right down the road from AAA, which a lot of people know is sort of a landmark in that area. And Carly can be reached at 288-8165, 288-8165. Other than um, the children being kind of the number one for, uh, priority, Carly, what are some of the other common discussions and, and subjects that folks end up getting divorced over? Is it financial? Are there a lot of issues with financial fighting, if you will? Yeah, we often have to go through all of the financial piece of things and the marital home, if they own a home together. Often the biggest question that people have is, what are we going to do with our current residence? And so we work through all of that together. We go through all of their finances, bank accounts, any debts that they have, retirement accounts, everything we work through it together to figure out, again, with their marital home and everything else, how do we equitably divide this so that both people and their children can live comfortably, hopefully, moving forward. Especially if one spouse doesn't work. Yes. It's got to be a real challenge. Do you run into that much? I mean, it seems hard to believe in this day and age that both people aren't employed, but I suppose that scenario happens. I still do sometimes. Again, probably not as often as used to be, but right. we do still see that once in a while. Carly, you um, have your master's degree uh, in social work from UB. I do. And you're a Rochester uh, woman <laughs> from that area, so you're a Western New Yorker, but the, you went to law school in Brooklyn. Um, what possessed you to get into this line of, of law? I mean, it just seems absolutely fascinating to me. But it seems like you have the perfect recipe. You have a you have empathy. You're obviously a very intelligent woman. You have a law degree. You have a master's in social work, psychology, as you mentioned. Did you feel like that was sort of the perfect recipe for you to steer your legal career into? Uh, mediation rather than a more typical litigation? I do. I actually practiced litigation very briefly and realized that for me as a person, I am much more at home duty mediation with both people in front of me and really just seeing the help that I provide and the guidance that I give people to allow them to avoid all of the litigation piece of things, to be able to be in control of their decisions, to be able to have all of the information in front of them and be able to, again, make their life and craft it what they want it to be moving forward. How long does it typically take or does it vary by case? It really does vary by case. I say on average, people probably meet with me three to five times to go through all the decisions that need to be made. And there's homework outside of it that I kind <laughs> of give right? them. <laughs> yes, especially with the financial piece to give them outside so that when we do meet and when they're paying me to meet with me, we're doing the work. Anything that they can do on their own, they're doing then outside of my office and bringing all the relevant information in literally and figuratively to the table. That makes perfect sense because especially if they might have multiple homes or other property or complex business transactions that they're involved in, I can't imagine what it's like to go through some of these uh, really complicated cases, which leads me to this question. How do you unwind? I'm sure going to the office every day is no day at the beach when you're dealing with people who, as you walk in the door, you know there's conflict. How do you unwind? 
Um, I do practice yoga also, and I dance a lot with my two little kids. <laughs> I have a four and six year old. Really? Yep, I do. So really, I mean, whether unwind or cause me more stress depends <laughs> on the day, let's be honest. But I really do, at the end of the day, love just getting on the floor and being with my kids. That's so great. That's going to take you to a whole different world. <laughs> yes. I can't imagine, though, Carly, I've got to ask you, if you and your husband have a disagreement, he's got to think you've got the upper hand here, right? Oh, yeah. And I tell him that very often, let me be <laughs> honest um <laughs> i tell him it. you're never gonna go and if you do you're gonna be sorry absolutely okay. good. Yeah. it's good to put it out there right <laughs> um, and before we close you practice in erie genesee and niagara counties correct correct and what is your website for folks who would like more information about mediation yep it's www.buffalodivorcemediation.com buffalodivorcemediation.com. Well worth looking into if you find yourself in a position that you want to speak to. Carly, um, Carly, if people are interested or, or think, gee, I don't know if I'm ready for this, can they just call and ask you questions? Of course. I'm always available to answer questions, whether it's via phone or email. Um, I do offer a free initial consultation. That's great to know. Carly, thank you so much for enlightening us about this very important option available to people who may be thinking about divorce and it's good to know that mediation is a very valuable option thanks for coming in this morning thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it my pleasure stay with us everybody some sweet talk coming up right after the break are you a fan of succulent hand-carved beef and turkey? Do you like having fish fries available every day? Then come experience fresh, scratch-made favorites at the historic Glen Park Tavern in the heart of Williamsville. The Glen Park Tavern's hand-carved beef and turkey are available in-house or for parties as well. Enjoy a delicious selection of hearty salads, sides, and soups seven days a week. Visit the Glen Park Tavern on Main near Cayuga in Williamsville. It's not just a meal, it's an experience. I try to put myself out there, but it seems they're all the same, just telling me what I want to hear. Don't fret. You can find your car insurance soulmate. It's easy at Geico.com. You can pay your bill, manage your policy, and you could even save some major cash. If we could reach through the computer to pull your chair out for you and give you a kiss on the hand, we would. Because you deserve to be in a happy, healthy car insurance relationship. That's what life is all about. For a free rate quote, visit Geico.com. If you have news about the latest happenings around the Buffalo Niagara region, contact Brenda during the week at 843-0651. That's 843-0651. Thanks for tuning in to Slice of Life. Now back to your hostess with the mostess, Brenda Alacy. And welcome back to Slice of Life on this snowy Saturday. Thank you so much for warming up with us as we carve out yet another show every Saturday now from 9 to 9.30. Delighted to have you with us. And one of my favorite people is back on the show as well in our new time slot. It's Catherine Schick from the Food Bank of Western New York. Catherine, good morning. Good morning, Brenda. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. I know you're the face of the organization. And what is your official title? I am the Public and Community Relations Manager for the Food Bank of Western New York. And you've been in the news quite a bit lately with the uh, federal government shutdown. Uh, How has the Food Bank helped people locally who are affected by the shutdown and for those who are not receiving a paycheck? 
Yes. Well, unfortunately, as the shutdown continues, the food bank wanted to hold a series of special food distributions um, to target um, these federal employees and their families who have been affected by the partial government shutdown. So we've hold the, held these distributions throughout our four-county service area, which is Erie, Niagara, Cattaraugus, and Chautauqua. Um, we do have one final one coming up in Olean. Um, it's going to be on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. And uh, actually, let me, um, it's going to be at 8 uh, Leo Moss Drive in Olean, New York at Olean Food Pantry. So we do encourage the public to come out, um, be a part of that distribution if it's needed. Um, always you can find out any um, additional distributions if needed at our um, website, foodbankwny.org, or you can uh, call us at 852-1305, and we can always connect you to um, food assistance in your area, find you with, uh, connect you with a nearby food pantry or soup kitchen, and we're, pos- we're possibly mobilizing for additional um, distributions if necessary. I hope that's not the case, but I think it might be. And Catherine, that's such a great thing that your organization is doing throughout the counties that you serve. I looked at your website recently, uh, a person who is shut down or affected by the shutdown would have to produce their pay stub and what other information do they need? Well we are actually um, if you are actually uh, targeted um to you are one of the targeted employees, um, you can just show up and self-declare need. It's just oh, a very okay. simple form. Um, if you were going to send someone that wasn't a household member, then you would need to produce a letter of permission from that effect, you know, affected employee saying, yes, this person is picking up food on my behalf. Um, and then we would ask if you pr- provide some sort of identification um, that of the federal employees. And that's Makes just sense. because they are not present to self-declare need. They're having a proxy pickup for them. Um, but we really tried to make the process as streamlined and as easy as possible so that uh, no one could experience burdens when trying to receive this necessary food. That's great. These folks are under enough stress as it is trying Absolutely. to make ends meet. And for people who uh, have hunger issues, we'll get into that later. But now you have a whole new set of people who may need your assistance. And what kind of food would be available to them? It's going to be a variety of um, really fresh, perishable product and shelf-stable product. We're doing um, trying to really hit all those necessary food groups like grains, fruits, vegetables, um, uh, dairy products, protein. So we're really making sure that we have a lot of high-quality food to be able to put on these people's tables. How did this come about, Catherine? Obviously, the news um, is filled with stories about the shutdown of every possible angle. But what made the local food bank here in Western New York decide to help folks out and lend a helping hand? Well, I mean, that's exactly why the Food Bank of Western New York exists. We exist to make sure that no one has to go hungry. Um, So we knew that as the government shutdown continued, as employees began to miss their first paychecks, that we really needed to make it uh, as easy as possible for these individuals to get the food assistance they may need. And a lot of them, it may be the first time that they are accessing food assistance. So that's why we held these special food distributions. Um, but, of course, we always are available at any time for anyone who is in need of food uh, assistance with any of our um, ongoing programs and services. I think with this situation at hand, it does shine a light on what you do in a good way because it, it reinforces the fact that the Food Bank of Western New York covers four counties and that there's a need for this year-round. In fact, um, your website, by the way, is very well done, and I was reading some information about what you do, and I saw a number, as we've talked about, I use the word staggering a lot because it just blows my mind that there's this kind of struggle. But one in eight people struggle with hunger in your service area, our service area where we live. 
Absolutely. It's just heartbreaking. And I and I do want to add, Brenda, that that distribution in Olean Food Pantry on Tuesday will be held from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. I didn't uh, necessarily denote the time before, so I do want to make sure that people are available and aware of the time. Um, but yes, one in eight individuals in Western New York are at risk of hunger. And for children, it's even more heartbreaking. It's one in five. So wow. there's a great need in our community. And we're really touching virtually every zip code. We're not just serving the cities in our four-county service area, but our rural communities and our suburbs as well. Right. It's not perhaps the stereotype that you have of somebody who's hungry and, and living on the streets. It's many of our neighbors, friends, loved ones who may find themselves in this unfortunate situation. And one of the things you do to bring awareness to the Food Bank of Western New York, Catherine, and to benefit the Food Bank is to hold an event called Sweet Charity, which uh, although the month seems endless in January <laughs> because of the cold and the gray this event, which is so much fun and will give you a warm feeling, you know, literally and figuratively, is coming up on Thursday, February 7th at the Buffalo Grand Hotel. And you're saying, where the heck is the Buffalo <laughs> Grand Hotel? It's the old Adams Mark. Yes. It's the new branded Adams Mark Hotel called the Buffalo Grand Hotel. And it's so great because it's on Thursday, the 7th, and you can go right from work if you're already downtown or, you know, working in that area or shoot downtown and attend this event. Um, You can win prizes, sample tremendous food, sweet, savory selections from dozens of vendors. And there's also wine, beer, liquor, and coffee tastings on site. Last year, my husband and I went, and it was just a great night. Plus, the other thing, Catherine, it's a terrific way to network. It is. We ran into so many people we knew, and you run into vendors that are sampling their food that perhaps you may not have tried before. So you're seeing people you know, you're meeting new people. You're, it's a fun atmosphere with all sorts of activity going on. What do you look forward to most for the Sweet Charity event? Uh, well, you know, like you said, Brenda, it just is so much great opportunity in one room. I mean, whether you're a foodie and you want to come and sample all the great uh, food and drinks that Sweet Charity has to offer, whether you go for the auction items, we have a lot of different um, live and silent auctions. We have basket raffles, ca- um, cash raffles, a prize wheel. So if that's more your speed, you can enjoy that. Um, and then, as you said, the networking is just incredible. A lot of people use it as a post-work uh, networking event, uh, the timing is ideal for that, um, being from 5 to 8.30 p.m. But, I mean, on top of all that fun, uh, it's really heartwarming to know that at the end of the day, this is all for a great cause. And people have been asking us, you know, especially as you said, with um, the shutdown being in the news and our special food distributions taking place, how can I help the food bank? How can I get involved? And really, one of the great ways to do that is to come out and support Sweet Charity on February 7th. Are there pre-sale tickets, Catherine, or can you buy tickets at the door? How does it work in terms of getting your ticket and making sure that you don't get uh, knocked out of the fun on, on February 7th. Well, you can certainly buy them at the door, but we're also selling them online at foodbankwny.org. Um, tickets are $75 each, um, which is, you know, when you get there and you see all the food and drink and fun entertainment that we have to offer, a, a, a great uh, price for all that we are offering. And uh, we do have some VIP all-access tickets available as well online, so you can go online and learn more details about that. You know, the other thing, too, about this that I really enjoy is that it shines a light on how many wonderful independent eateries, shops, and bakeries there are, and wineries for that matter in our area. It is. And you know, it's so wonderful to have all of them, you know, in our area and willing to just help out our community members in need. You know, it's really great food, really great drink. And to know that they're here to give back is just even more uh, more wonderful. For sure. And who can do this without a sponsor? And I know uh, this is not the first time 
that the James Desiderio Company sponsored the Food Bank uh, Sweet Charity event. But I imagine you want to give a tip of the chef's cap, a, a tip of the toke <laughs> to uh, the folks at Desiderio. Kathy. They are just so wonderful. Everyone at James Desiderio Wholesale Produce, I mean, they have just been supporting this event for many, many years and as a presenting sponsor. So we're really grateful for their support. They just go above and beyond to make sure our community members receive the help they need. What do you um, do with the money specifically once you have this big signature event? Is this your biggest event of the year, would you say? I would say this is, yes, our most critical uh, uh, event. We do have other events throughout the community. There's a checkout hunger campaign going on held at grocery stores, so that is a wonderful event for us as well. But this is just a critical fundraiser for us. We could not, uh, you know, we really do rely on this, uh, the proceeds. So all of the proceeds um, are used to just benefit um, the Food Bank of Western New York to help get that food into the homes of our hungry children, um, families, veterans, seniors, people with disabilities, everyone who relies on the Food Bank and our 317 agents for support. And Brenda, we're actually serving as many as 140,000 individuals in any given month. So we couldn't do that without fundraisers like Sweet Charity. Unbelievable numbers. We're talking with Catherine Schick from the Food Bank of Western New York, who does a wonderful job letting people know about folks who are in need uh, at this time of year and any time of year. And there are certain circumstances that come up when we think about it. For example, Catherine, I imagine you get a lot of donations around Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of your, your core donation time? Absolutely. And then after, you know, we're really grateful for those donations because we absolutely need them. And then after the holidays uh, end, the donations tend to slow down. Sure. So, um, you know, that's kind of why this event in February is good because it helps kind of pick up um, for that need and, and help us meet the need in the community. Um, but but we really do try to stress to the community that hunger is 365 days a year. So we do need support year-round, whether that's holding a food drive for the food bank, whether that's coming out to an event like Sweet Charity, making an online donation, or giving your time in terms of volunteer service. We always need volunteers as well. Hunger has no holiday, that's for sure. And Catherine, we've got about 90 seconds left. So once the food is brought into your organization and the money and the proceeds and so forth, is it distributed then to the various outlets throughout the four-county region? Is that how... People, how do people know where to go, I guess, is my question. Yes, you know, that's a great question. So, yes, we do directly deliver to all of our member agencies, which, as I said, is 317 at the moment throughout our four county service area. So we're distributing that food throughout the counties that we serve. Um, and we also hold uh, additional programs through the food bank. We have a mobile food pantry program. We have school pantry programs and a backpack program that is uh, geared towards um, elementary school students in need. So those are all the ways that we're able to get all that food out into the community and into the hands of those who need it. One last plug for your website. Foodbankwny.org. That is a great way where you can learn how to support the food bank, including buying a ticket to Sweet Charity. Or if you're in need of help, we have a Find Help tab, and you can find a food pantry or soup kitchen near you. You can always also call us at 852-1305. 852-1305. Who better than Catherine Schick to talk about the Food Bank of Western New York? Best of luck with Sweet Charity in 2019, Catherine. Can you believe we're saying that? I know. I, I can't. And I hope to see you there, Brenda. Yes, I look forward to it. I had such a great time last uh, last year, and uh, we were counting down the months until it happened again. It's a great way <laughs> to do something in the dead of winter, too. Get out of the house, come from work, and enjoy yourself. Well, that'll put a wrap on this edition of Slice of Life. Thanks to Kevin Carr for pushing all the buttons, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Brenda will be back next Slice of Life on ESPN 1520.